Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting with your host, Laura McMahon. Laura will help you regain your sanity by addressing the three most important areas of co-parenting, communications, scheduling, and finances. In addition, Laura brings her practical stepmom life experience each week and invites experts from the divorce and co-parenting professional ecosystem to share insights and answer listener questions. So please, welcome the host of Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting, Laura McMahon. Good evening. I am Laura McMahon. This is Sanity in Co-Parenting by Kin Crew and my co-host Brad Gold and I are coming to you live from the Bold Brave Media Network. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing okay. I guess all things considered. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I mean, it's a Monday. It's like, I've, I'm, if I'm being honest, I'm feeling that a little bit. <laughs> Not just any Monday, it's a pandemic Monday, which yeah, seems like right. every other Monday we've had in the last year. It just kind of compounds that Monday-ish vibe. Um, you, and you've got a snowstorm or something going on, don't you? Yeah, I know. I was actually thinking, you know, coming to you live uh, from Bold Braid Media Network, but also coming to you live, I thought we should maybe... Like, like, give a little bit of a visual, possibly for uh, for where we actually are in the world. Um, and yeah, I'm in I'm in North Yarmouth, Maine, in my stepdaughter's bedroom because it's the quietest <laughs> bedroom in the house, um, away from stomping feet of teenage boys uh, who always forget that there's a live radio show happening in the corner of the house. Um, and we're about to get hit with a nor'easter they said one to three feet of snow so um i mean that's kind of a big guesstimate (laughs) i'm i'm personally rooting for three feet like we're gonna do this let's do this wouldn't it wouldn't it be nice if everybody had as much flexibility in their jobs as weather (laughs) forecasters did we think it's gonna snow and it might be anywhere between one and three feet 
I yeah. mean, that's that's like a pretty broad range there. Yeah, really. You're just covering all of your bases at that point. Um, but you are in a drastically different location, not expecting any kind of snow whatsoever. No, no. I am uh, currently in Canyon Lake, Texas, which uh, is roughly between San Antonio and Austin. And it is beautiful. It was warm here today. Um, certainly nowhere near one to three feet of snow. I'd, I'd be shocked <laughs> if when the last time this place ever got snow was. Um, that would be a bit of an Armageddon situation, I believe. Yeah, probably. But, you know, what, what are we going to do these days? It's not like anything bad ever happens in the world, right? <laughs> 2020 i'm looking at you (laughs) yeah so i just want to clarify because you said you are there right now but you're actually in your traveling home because unlike the rest of us you actually are able to get out a little bit without violating any kind of quarantining order <laughs> that is true our rv is fantastic for that um and uh, since we've been driving around and, and seeing more of the country but staying very far away from people um we've had a chance to to actually meet some interesting people and kind of you know shout at them from 20 30 feet away and uh, find out what they've got going on and um, it's it's interesting because we, we, of course, could easily get into an hour's worth of, of sad stories and things that are frustrating about life right now. Uh, but since we've been getting out, we've been hearing some great stories and people just trying some new things and trying to live life through this. So maybe every Monday isn't exactly the same. At least you might wake up someplace different and, and intend to wake up someplace different. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm a little bit jealous of that. I have to be honest with you. But uh, anyway, I guess we should talk about um, divorce things, because that's that's kind of what the show's about. <laughs> we we eventually can can get into some of that, <laughs> some of the co-parenting and divorce and what everybody is dealing with right now. Um, I, I know a lot of our listeners and certainly we at Kin Crew are, are constantly talking about what people are going through um, and uh, you know, in some cases how well people are handling conflict, how well people are, are staying focused on their kids um, and that's of course the best kind of story. Um, there's, there's situations right now that we can't avoid, we can't change. Uh, right now you're, you said you're sitting in your stepdaughter's bedroom, right? Yep. yep. I'm, I'm sitting here, this is not a exactly a formal uh, radio studio environment like uh, like a lot of folks should have at any given time. There might be a dog barking in the background. There might be uh, one of the kids running around, but you know, we're all, all doing what we can to deal with life and, and try to move through things on the other side. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And a heads up, at some point, there will be dogs barking in the background because I have four of them. And even though all of them are incapable of letting me know when the mail truck has actually driven in the driveway, they will let me know if, like, the neighbor walks across the street or um, a leaf blows through the yard. So (laughs) at some point, there will be some sort of false alarm announcement that I'm sure I get to share with all of you. Well, when you get a package, you can let us and all of the listeners know, um, what did you get? We can, we can turn this to an, into an unboxing radio show. I, I, this is one thing I don't quite understand that I've seen on YouTube a, a bunch of times, that people get millions and millions of views for just taking things out of a box. I know. Actually, this is like 
slightly different from that, and I am tangenting a little bit, but there's been a trend of boxes being stolen from front porches, and if you haven't seen the video of the guy who figured out how to create the world's best glitter bomb as a decoy box for these people, then you need to go hit YouTube right after you're done listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like easy homework that everybody can appreciate. Yes, right. Uh, just a light humorous moment <laughs> uh, to break things up a little bit. <laughs> so uh, tonight um, we don't have any particular guest that is joining us, but this is going to give uh, Laura and I a chance to walk through some of the forum questions that we've been receiving. We've got a backlog of, of uh, user inquiries about all kinds of divorce and co-parenting questions. Uh, we're also going to take some time to tell you guys a little bit about the history of marriage and how we even get into these conversations. Um, just like none of our relationships happen in a vacuum, divorce, marriage, co-parenting, all the stuff that we talk about on here isn't just a current issue that came onto our radar uh, sometime recently. These are things that have been, well, I guess about 4,500 years in the making. <laughs> just and a guess, so, right? That's just that's just an estimate. That's a bit of a, a bit of a rough estimate. Well, it is actually kind of an estimate because the earliest earliest records of marriage and the development of families are about as good as any records we can get from 2500 BC or 3000 BC. So, if we're okay, lucky, there might have enough. been a <laughs> might have been like a, you know, stone uh, drawing in a wall. Um, where uh, the the pictures of people and their families and their dogs and all the stick figure drawings, you know, that's about my drawing level, um, would would show us something. And it's kind of hard to identify what exactly were, um, you know, the the stone drawings on a wall or the little tiny shreds of a of a parchment that were left behind at an archaeological site. It's hard to really determine what that meant all those years ago because the institution of marriage has also just changed so much over the, the generations and over the decades and even just within uh, the last 50 or 100 years there's been some very significant cultural changes not just in America but all around the world so when we come back we're going to start a conversation that goes way back when and tell you a little bit about how marriage and divorce even got started in the first place. Awesome. All right. We will be back in just a couple minutes with that. If you seek a courageous advocate, prepare to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations. Carol Ann Hamilton is the one for you. Carol Ann is an elder care coach, author, and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting unculpable aging parents. As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. 
Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. We're back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by King Crew. I'm Laura McMahon. My host tonight is Brad Gold. My co-host, my co-host every time is Brad Gold. Um, and tonight we're talking about a whole bunch of different things. Um, we will be getting to a lot of the forum questions that um, people have been submitting into us. And uh, if you have a question that you'd like Brad and I to address, um, you can submit that on our website, which is kincrew, K-I-N-C-R-E-W dot I-O. And there's a, a page for the radio show. And right on top is uh, a little space for you to em- enter in your question. And, and Brad and I will do our very best to get to it. So, Brad, right before we went to the break, um, I believe we we're about to just have uh, a little lesson about where the heck marriage even came from in the first place. Yeah, I think this is a great thing to talk about for a few minutes. It comes up at Kin Crew. It comes up in our house. I think it comes up in a lot of uh, co-parenting or divorce situations. Um, how did we even get here in the first place? So the the institution of marriage itself has its has its first place in history about 2500 BC. So. For those of you that are looking over your kids' shoulders as they're doing virtual class these days, maybe you've got uh, some ancient history on the brain anyway. But if not, we're talking about the era of Greeks and Romans and Hebrews and Egyptians and ancient societies that we know a fair amount about, but we don't know a lot of the details. So, Laura, let me ask you a question. You know, today marriage is very heavily influenced. It's heavily influenced by culture, by religion, um, specific family dynamics, or even what an individual is just looking for in the relationship. But when marriage started, it was really just about one thing. Do you have any idea what that one thing was? Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to say about connecting the right families to each other and more of a almost like a business transaction than anything else that's just based on my extensive podcast listening and uh historical fiction reading (laughs) yeah you're 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 pretty much spot on um it's definitely not about love Let's just start there and let's be clear about that, that for at least a couple thousand years, love and marriage were not two terms that went together. And of course, as I say that, um, I'm thinking about married with children. 
and how amazing that show was and what that show was about. But no, um, marriage wasn't <laughs> about a shoe salesman and um, Peggy sitting at home and eating bonbons. It was uh, really just like Laura said, a business transaction that happened at the family level. Um, so in in the 24th century BC, the 25th century BC, where we're talking about you know 4,000 years ago, um, there wasn't even a, a religious dimension to marriage at that time either. Uh, it was really a function of society moving away from a, a group community style living into more individual families. And when society across the world kind of shifted away from more uh, communal and group living into living amongst family units, then a question became, well, what what does your family have? What does your family do? Um, and there was a, a very strong association with whatever land, property, resources a family had, what they did for their living, what they did for their profession. This is, of course, where most people's last names actually come from. And so when we think back all of those years, um, all that was happening was families were considering how to survive and how they could work with one another to survive. So it was a business transaction. If there was an available male in one family and an available female in another family, and it looked like the uh, aggregation of those two families' resources and property was going to uh, be a net positive for the family, well, then that meant that the man's family was going to get their hands on um, some some sheep or a few <laughs> cows, some bricks, some straw, um, whatever resources they had as some form of a dowry, some form of a gift to the, the female's family and effectively engaged in a business transaction where the male and the male's family would drop off some sort of gift and then the, the female would be um, the gift that their family would give and then the male and female would get together and you would have a marriage. So marriage basically went that way. It, it was basically like a, like a house closing, except with probably less paperwork. So, <laughs> so, so what do we have to blame for, you know, uh, love matches then? For the love matches. Well, before we can get to the love, we, we have to go through a, a brief but very significant change that happened in the institution of marriage and divorce. And that was when um, religion really started to become a more significant part of, of everyday life around the world, which meant it also began to have a role in relation to marriage and family. And so um, I'm not going to get into a history lesson, and I am also not a religious scholar, so I cannot get into all of the details of the Council of Trent from around 1550. And even if I did, well, if my, my wife is any example, um, everyone would be asleep by the time I'd be done talking <laughs> about it. But what I can tell you is that um, this is one of those very significant, like, you know, Jeopardy answers that you've probably heard of. This Council of Trent is ringing around in your head. But what happened there in 1550 was uh, the church had a chance to reevaluate what was going on in the church and in people's lives. And they realized that the institution of marriage uh, needed some more definition, which meant that marriage and divorce and how spouses were supposed to treat each other was given some rules. 
And that set off the evolution of then society and religion uh, coming to the process of marriage with some rules, with some ideas about a sense of what's right and what's wrong. And we have to fast forward about another 300 years. It's not until we get into uh, the mid to late 1800s where the idea of love even becomes a significant part of marriage. And that's pretty recent history that we're talking about here. Um, I mean, less, less than 200 years where love has been a part of marriage. And today, love is the defining feature of marriage and, and why we come together or the lack of love maybe being one of the reasons we, we break apart um, and the love that we have for our kids is why it doesn't matter sometimes what happens between us as co-parents or spouses that we continue to focus on what's really, really important. So when we come back from the break, we have a couple of forum questions that we want to answer and share with all of you. And we're going to keep in mind this great history of marriage and how we got to where we are today, because what we talk about today in terms of marriage is really a very recent phenomenon, and it continues to change on, on a very regular basis. And so uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. When we come back, we'll get to some forum questions. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. Master of words, powerful player. What life-changing words can Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield pull out of her magical toolbox that just might mysteriously open a door you never knew was there? A door to free yourself from fear forever. Transform your rage into right action. Release your guilt. Position you into a life of freedom, purpose, passion, power, and peace. All quite suddenly, unexpectedly, and almost miraculously, with no effort on your part. Join Dr. Janet every Monday at noon Eastern on Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on the BBM Global Network as she and her guests show you how words map our experiences, immersing you in a sound bath that relaxes your muscles, opens your mind, and supports you in co-creating your extraordinary life. We're back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew, about to go through uh, quite a few of our forum questions here that you have all submitted. Um, right before we dive into that, I just want to have a quick disclaimer that while Brad is a real live attorney, this is not legal advice that we are giving you. Um, and while I am a real live opinionated person, this is only my opinion. <laughs> 
<laughs> my only only representing my own personal opinion in, in uh, answering these questions. So um, I'm just going to dive right into the first one here. Um, so I just need advice. My kid's dad recently moved 45 minutes away from my son's school. And today he told me he wanted to switch him schools because it's too far from his house. We have 50 50, but I don't want to take him out of school. What should I do? Oh man. Um, first of all, I'm sorry that you're dealing with a situation that, um, probably doesn't have a win-win. Um, I'd say my, my very first reaction to this is, this is the exact reason why having a cohesive parenting agreement um, that gets signed and stamped by the time that you complete your divorce uh, is so important because it can outline exact situations like this. Um, you know, sometimes uh, parenting agreements can say things like, if one parent decides to move away uh, from from the school district, they are responsible for all the driving and everything else, unless the other parent agrees to move as well. So that um, that one's just kind of a it's kind of a sticky situation. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no single right answer. And I guess I'll repeat your disclaimer quickly. That, <laughs> and thank you for not making any lawyer jokes. That was a there was a great opportunity to make some real good ones there. Um, yeah, this is this is not legal advice, um, and, and there's there's no way to really give legal advice, especially from a question like this where we don't know some of the details. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first things I, I would encourage the parents to do here is to think about. Um, whether or not moving schools is even necessary. Um, I know a 45-minute drive isn't exactly a short drive, but down here in Texas, I know a lot of people who had to drive 45 minutes just to get to their quote-unquote local high school. So 45 minutes is is certainly uh, a long time in the car and a long time round trip, Um, but sometimes making sacrifices for the the kids um it's it's what we have to do it's certainly not easy but that's why it's called a sacrifice um these days i would also i would love to know if there might be a virtual option um and perhaps that might be something that is a benefit that comes out of the the horrible situation we have in the world right now is that um maybe whereas parents before kind of felt like they didn't have uh, as much of a choice or flexibility in where kids were going to school i think a lot of parents these days can ask a school administrator for some flexibility and it doesn't have to have anything to do with COVID. i, I think enough um school administrators and just adults in general are familiar with uh, some of the nuances of co-parenting and and what that might mean. And I've heard of schools uh, um, all over the place, public schools, private schools that are working with parents to try to find solutions that are are focused on the kids. So I would say, if nothing else, um, the parents should reach out to the administrators of of the schools and, and try to find out what options they might have because they might have more options than just simply uh, keep the kid in the school that's 45 minutes away or move them closer closer to home, possibly there's a plan C that could be considered. Yeah, that's a good point, especially with all of the uh, 
of virtual possibilities there. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you. There, there's some maybe relatively important information missing from this question to give a whole answer, like the age of the child is the school that he could or he or she could move to um, a, a better school or not a better school? Does uh, Do you have more flexibility in your day to have a longer drive based on what your job is? Um, there's just, there's a lot of information that's kind of missing there, but I'm just going to go back to my point, which is please think about having a really cohesive parenting plan. Um, even if you don't think you need it, you will need it eventually, I promise. Um, and, and there's all kinds of things that you need to think about. And actually, uh, Brad and I have been working on putting together a really cohesive list um, for that exact uh, scenario where it's it's we hope that we're covering pretty much everything that you wouldn't think to think of. Um, from, you know, if somebody moves, who's responsible for drives? Who's responsible for drop off and pick up on a regular basis? How do you handle religious holidays? How do you handle birthdays and Father's Day and Mother's Day? And all those kind of things that maybe in the moment when you're, um, you're so stressed out. What was it that Vicky said a couple episodes ago? It's not you. It's the uh, it's the cortisol. It's the cortisol, right? <laughs> I still I think I need to make that into like a, a greeting card seriously. But um, you know, when all of that cortisol is just going rampant through your brain and you can't think of all of the things that you feel like you need to think of, um, we're putting together that list. It should be ready. Um, I'm gonna say in like a couple weeks, and and we'll keep adding to it whenever. Um, something new comes up or a new perspective is presented so that uh, it's a good reference for all of you. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm going to jump over to the next question here and it's going to be a little bit of a teaser because I know we're going to have to go to a break but the question is I'm in Ontario and need some advice regarding child support. My ex and I did a private agreement when we separated, but we never went to court. We had to submit the agreement in our divorce paperwork, but we never had it before a judge. It's worked for us just fine for the last three years. My ex has stopped paying his child support now, and I need to know if it's possible to register the payments so I can take action, or am I just screwed because we never made it court enforceable? Oof. All right. We will be back in two minutes. And uh, we'll be talking about this question. Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current current concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. 
author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and to Tune in radio. We're back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. Right before the break, um, Brad and I were just getting ready to talk about the next question that was submitted to our forum. Um, Basically, uh, two parents made a unofficial parenting order. Um, It was never stamped by a judge. It was never filed with the court. And now, um, three years later, the uh, ex has stopped paying for his child support. And so the ex-wife is wondering, does she have any legal grounds to stand on? Or is she kind of just out of luck because it was never made official? And I feel like this is a perfect question for you brad (laughs) well any question that starts out with i am in ontario that's a good (laughs) that's off to a good start and uh, hello to all of our friends up in canada um so this is this is actually a fairly common situation and again i cannot speak to the exact legality of how this would play out in an ontario court but what it sounds like is we have a situation where maybe um a couple of folks going through a divorce decided to try to handle things on their own, uh, perhaps on the more amicable end of the spectrum. And this happens a lot where people aren't interested in going through the court process. They're, they're not uh, heavily working with attorneys and they still have some issues to work out. So they decide, let's write this all down. Let's put it into some form of an agreement or contract, and it doesn't have to be something that is super formal for it to potentially be enforceable in court. So as as a reference point, if we were talking about this happening uh, in Texas or in most states in the U.S., it sounds like even though there wasn't anything specifically entered with the court, the fact that the two individuals reached an agreement on this variety pack of issues and, and wrote it down, well, if if they saw fit to make some type of agreement, and now one of the parties is uh, sticking to those commitments, um, this wouldn't be so much of a uh, divorce family law problem as as it would be your garden variety um, business life commitment type contract that just simply isn't being followed, Um, in which case the folks would be able to go to court and at least tell the judge what happened, whether or not it's enforceable. I don't know, but it sounds like they, they did a good thing trying to work some stuff out on their own. 
and it sounds like they have a, a, a really good piece of evidence, if nothing else, to show here's what we thought that we were going to do a few years ago, and here's where we are today. And it sounds like that's a problem, and that's why they're asking us. Yeah, um, I I see this type of question all the time. Um, Canada, America, Australia, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> people are people. Um, and so, of course, I'm going to sound a little bit like a broken record here, but um, there are things worth spending that time on up front, um, even if you are... Uh, managing to be very friendly um, and co-parent really effectively, you never know what's going to happen down the road. So it's kind of a, it's kind of an insurance policy, really, for both of you to have a, a complete order. And that doesn't mean that you have to go through the whole uh, process in a court system, but just getting something stamped and signed before you get to this point could really save you a whole bunch of headaches later on. Um, that being said, that doesn't actually help this person's question because we're already here. So um, what I have seen um, in the past is that when people are in this situation and um, it sounds like um, it's the wife that's going back to court uh, looking for um, help collecting child support, what could happen here is that Either the court system says, yes, what you outlined for child support seems appropriate and we will uphold it. Or um, they could say, no, this is this number is completely off. Um, this doesn't work with the particular formula that we use to calculate this type of thing. And so we're going to use our formula and apply it. And so that could really uh, be good or bad depending on how that formula plays out for either person um so you know you probably could go back to court with this um you're there are just some unknowns of how this is going to turn out i i highly doubt in a situation where you've been living with an order that's been working for you for three years that a judge would just say never mind no child support because you didn't do it my way, the court's way the first time. Um, I really doubt that that would be the case, but um, I could be proven wrong, but I, well, I suspect that it's just going to be... That's a really good point. No, you make a <laughs> yeah. good point, because um, judges, uh, we would hope, would be looking for practical solutions that, that are also legal solutions. And so in a divorce situation, of course, people are, are fighting a lot, and if there's an indication that something was working well, like you just said, and and like our, our um, listener said here, you know, it worked for three years. Well, maybe something else changed. There's probably a, a piece of this story that we are missing that would really help us figure out what's going on here. For example, if child support payments uh, stopped being made because there was a child that went off to college or turned 18 or something like that, well, that would be a very obvious explanation for what's going on here. Um, although I sort of feel like what happened in this situation might have been a little bit more subtle, and that's why uh, this person's reaching out for some help and some guidance because usually when there's something obvious like that um, practicality should emerge at some point even if people are having kind of a, of a tough time and so 
yeah, I, I think going going back to court with the that that fact that this has been working for three years, kind of at the forefront of the conversation, um, would hopefully lead to a, a a solid practical resolution. Right, and I'm just gonna put in a little uh, plug for um, effective co-parenting here, which is going back to court. You do have a choice. You can hire an attorney that's got a reputation for going in and absolutely shredding the other person, and um, and it, and it becomes this whole huge. super high conflict situation or you can go in with the intention of just saying I need to be secure my child needs to be secure this is what our arrangement is this is maybe what has changed or what hasn't changed over the last three years and um, choose someone who will represent you Uh, with the intention of both parents being okay on the other end of whatever the judgment is. Um, That is a choice that you can make. It's a really important choice. And it's one that has a huge impact, not just on you, and also, by the way, how much money you spend on lawyer's fees, um, but also on your child and how they're feeling at home and about their parents and all the rest of it. So um, the way that this is handled, is it, it has a huge impact, and that's something that needs to be remembered when you're, when you're heading into a difficult situation like this. All right, we have uh, one more forum question lined up. And we're going to hit that when we come back from the break. And uh, we'll see you then. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the B. Global Network. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact a symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. We're back. This is Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew, and we're coming to you live from the Bold Brave Media Network. 
And before we get to our next forum question, I want to come back to a, a really important point that Laura made before the break, and that is regarding the attorneys that we work with and working through these difficult situations. Um, when folks are going through a divorce, there is already conflict. There's already a lot of emotion and there's a lot of issues that need to be resolved. And when folks are looking for an attorney to help them, I think people usually end up looking for one of two things. And that may not always be the right place to look. Um, a lot of people are just in fight mode. And so they're looking for an attorney to help them fight their fight. Nothing wrong with that. It's just the way people make that choice in, in that situation. What some other people do is go to their favorite search engine and just type in something like divorce lawyer in the city where I'm living, or maybe they see a billboard driving home from work one day, and that's the person that they call to try and help them. And maybe they've got a great reputation and they could in fact be a great lawyer, but they might not be a great lawyer for you. And that's the point that I want to make sure we share with our listeners, that there are lots and lots of attorneys out there and they're, whatever the jokes say, they are human beings. We are all human beings, which means we all have different personalities, different perspectives, different ways of dealing with conflict. And that personality becomes a part of your divorce proceedings when you're working with that lawyer. So we really want to encourage people when they are working with divorce professionals, be it an attorney, um, an accountant, a real estate agent, an insurance provider, a therapist, any of the divorce professionals, that you're not just looking for the most popular person for views, but that you're looking for a person who is really going to represent your personality and your goals to resolve a situation, especially when you're you're focused on your kids and, and focused on the future. Absolutely. Um, and that I'm going to take that opportunity, Brad, to uh, make a little plug for next week's episode, which um, I'm really excited about. Um, Bob Merlin is going to be coming on. He is an attorney. He is an expert in collaborative law. Um, and we're going to be talking about what that is, where it even came from, um, how he came to it from being a quote unquote bulldog in the courtroom to um, becoming someone who is a huge advocate for collaborative law and that whole method. Um, and so, yeah, tune into that next week because that should be a really great and informative show. So, uh, okay, let's get to this last Next question forum question that we have for this evening. Um, this is one that I've seen a few times and uh, I would say it's, it's maybe a little bit on the lighter side, um, of issues that, that we can talk about here, but it's still something that weighs on people. So, um, the question is, has anyone had the dreaded conversation about how much money each parent is willing to spend for college? My kids are 12 and will graduate from high school in five and a half years. I'm a planner by nature and need to figure out what I can afford for their living expenses. I'm not sure how I will communicate, how I should communicate this. I have no idea how much he is making. I'm on a fixed school counseling income. Typically he wants to split everything 50 50, which will be difficult for me as I'm noticing it's about 1500 a month right now for dorm fees and food alone every month. Any advice would be appreciated. Um, okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, 
first of all, I have no idea actually where this person is located. Um, and I also have no idea what the college landscape is going to look like in five and a half years. And uh, part of me wants to say, God, let's hope it's different than what it looks like right now. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> um, but I think that the, the, what I'm really trying to say is, you don't know what the college landscape is going to look like. You don't know what your life is going to look like. You have no idea what your kids are going to want to do or where they're going to go or if they're going to want to take a gap year or if they're going to want to go to a trade school um, or if they're going to want to, you know, decide to give it all up and go live in New Zealand and just be a surfer. Like, um <laughs> You know, they're 12 right now. still have right to now. go to school for that, though. <laughs> yeah, you might. Hey, you don't know. But I guess my point is um, I totally understand and appreciate the want to plan ahead um, and certainly thinking about um, certain uh, savings accounts and budgeting and that kind of thing can be on your mind. But you just have you have no clue what's going to be happening and and um, that is the main reason. I believe, Brad, you can back me up or tell me that I'm totally off base here, but many attorneys will uh, highly recommend that you do not include this type of decision-making in a co-parenting order because so much time will pass and so many different things could happen in between um, the the co-parenting order being stamped and the kids turning 18 or whatever age they are when they decide to go on to the next education level. Yeah, I, I think this one, it, it's a fantastic question because clearly these are folks that are thinking about the future, thinking about their kids, they're, they're thinking about the right things, and, and I think, frankly, worried about the right things. Um, these, these are questions that don't have a single answer. This is, this is where I would encourage our listeners to try to think a little bit differently. This might be an opportunity to actually uh, involve the children in the decision, because this isn't just about um, what uh, our listener and her ex-spouse wants to do. It's also going to be about a choice that the kid is going to make in terms of uh, what kind of education they want and how much that's going to cost, um, how how they want to go about living. Um, I know that when uh, I was... When I was getting ready to, to head to university, um, in in my household, uh, as in any household where there's there's a limited budget and limited income, um, I, I went out and got a job to help pay some of my own way through that. And so there there are always solutions to these problems. And when you think about a problem five and a half years in advance, like our listener that submitted this question, that's really the first step in finding a great resolution because you've got a lot of time to talk about it, a lot of time to think about it with, with your entire family and think through what it actually means to go get that education and who's going to pay for it and um, how, how we're going to take responsibility for that. Uh, I do agree with what Laura said earlier that usually this is not the kind of thing that is automatically built into a parenting order, but it can be if families are planning for it and, and talking about it transparently and making sure that they have a clear plan for their future. 
So we've got to go to a break, and we will be back with our last segment in just a couple of minutes. Global Glory, that's the work of Dr. Marina McLean, COO of Global Glory, whose calling is to serve God. A first-generation British-born Londoner of Jamaican descent, Dr. McLean inherited the hunger for the word from her father, who was a Bible teacher. Growing up, her home was filled with missionaries from the Caribbean islands and America, and she travels the world preaching the gospel. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and an honorary doctorate of divinity and Christian counseling from Friends International Christian University. Dr. McLean is also a songwriter and recording artist, and her songs are written during summits and conferences in the presence of God. She's recorded three worship albums to date and is in ministry for 28 years alongside her husband, Dr. Rennie McLean, who shares her passion. Visit www.globalglory.org or on Facebook at Global Glory. Call 866-244-5679 and feel the glory. We're back. I'm Laura McMahon. This is Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. And uh, we are just wrapping up our hour. Um, We have talked about the history of marriage, where it all came from, and how modern the idea of actually marrying for love really is. Um, And we've talked a lot about some of the forum submissions that y'all have been sending in. Um, Please do continue to do that. Um, We love to see them. We have a little bit of a backlog, and we're going to be getting to those. Um, And again, you can do that on kincrew.io, K-I-N-C-R-E-W.io. Um, and uh, Brad and I will get to those as uh, as we can. Um, mm-hmm. Brad, you had a really quick fun fact. I don't know how fun it is, but it, it could be. Well, I mean, <laughs> divorce facts can be fun, too. All right, so I'll, I'll ask you this. Um, what do you think is the number one state for men to move to after they've gotten a divorce? I don't know. I have I have I have absolutely like no gut feeling on that immediately. Well, Florida. <laughs> okay. What's, what's funny about that though is that for every divorced man that moved in from Florida, a Florida resident that was already living there got divorced and then left. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's like a, a revolving door of, of men getting divorced entering florida leaving florida but all right let me ask you the other question um what about women who are getting a divorce where do you think they go uh i mean if it were me it would be like hawaii (laughs) i i i'm on board with you a tropical island away from everyone (laughs) (laughs) i agree i i think that would probably be on my radar but I also can't blame people for making this choice. It is, the answer is Texas. And okay. last year, no, two years ago, I'm sorry, in 2019, there was around 5,000 newly divorced women that moved to Texas from another state to nice. help them start a new life. And as I'm sitting here and looking out my window, I cannot blame any one of them for coming here and wanting to get a fresh start. Wow, 5,000, like that. That's really significant. It's kind yeah. of amazing. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, hmm. 
I'm gonna, I might ask you, uh, for the link to that article. I, I kind of want to dig in deeper into that, but, <laughs> um, well that, uh, we covered a lot of different things tonight. Um, and next week's going to be a little bit more focused. We're talking exclusively about collaborative law and the collaborative law process and all of the different professionals that are involved in that process. Um, and that information is being brought to you by our guest, uh, Robert Merlin, who is definitely an expert, um, made the change in his own professional life to collaborative law uh, based on what he was seeing with his clients and in the court and his own personal health. So uh, that will be next week. And yeah, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> well, if we have an extra moment, then I'm going to ask you another trivia question. Okay, hit me. What do you think were was the second most popular destination for divorced men to go after they got divorced? After Florida, because Florida is so popular. Uh, I mean, I don't know, like, like North Carolina. What? How would you know something like that? Oh my gosh, Brad. It's like I'm actually looking at your notes. <laughs> well, North, no, North actually, Carolina really, I think is, I was is like three on thinking, the list. But oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> California, I think, is number two, which makes sense. Okay. It's just such a giant state um, and large population numbers. But yeah, North Carolina, I'd like to know what's going on there. So maybe one of our listeners from North Carolina can write us a little note and explain that one to us. Because I mean, North Carolina is a great state. We didn't realize that was a destination for folks getting divorced. So Yeah, no kidding. I noticed that uh, not a lot of people are moving to Maine. Whatever, guys. Um, is it the nor'easter? <laughs> is that what's scaring you off? It's, kind of it's legit. It's the, the one to three feet of snow. <laughs> Yeah, probably. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. We always appreciate it. Uh, please send us a note or a question uh, on the website. And Brad and I look forward to bringing more information to you next week. And uh, we're signing off. Sanity and co-parenting by Kin Crew. Everyone have a lovely evening. This has been Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting with host Laura McMahon. Listen each week as Laura helps you eliminate potential conflicts by giving you the tools and knowledge to reduce stress and focus on what's best for you and your child's well-being. So tune in each week and become a better co-parent with Laura McMahon's Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting. to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.